Hey, Rachel. I'm excited to talk about this week's episode. I know. It was so awesome. We got to talk about something other than elementary students for a change. (laughs) Right. We had an expert on the three to six ages with us, Nia Seal, a primary trainer, uh, met with us and and talked about talked about that age children. Oh my gosh, she was so captivating. I loved her story of how how Montessori came into her life. And, you know, we touched on, you know, what makes a primary child a primary child, but also, you know, really how to support your three to six-year-old child right now. Because, you know, the three to six-year-old child, they're they are pretty needy. You know, they're definitely independent, but they want to be around you. You know, they they definitely require, you know, a lot more support, I would say, than an elementary child. Um, so, oh gosh, she just had great insight and it's such a great interview. So lucky we got to talk with her. Yeah, it was really practical and really thoughtful. And, and I appreciated how she encouraged all of us who are home with children of this age as challenging as it can be on so many different levels to also really treasure this time that we get to, you know, experience uh, with with those young developing minds, it's just such a it's a precious time, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though it's so it's hard, you know, with all we're dealing with right now. So I hope that people really enjoy Nia. Uh, we didn't talk about nearly enough with her, so we may have to I have know. her back again. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely do. We could have talked for like five hours. Oh my gosh, it was such an awesome conversation. But yeah, um, it was you know she really. Yeah, she brought that point home that, you know, this time it's going to be over, you know, sooner rather than we think probably. And, you know, this family time is it's definitely challenging, of course, but it it has its amazing moments and opportunities. And we really touch on that. So we hope you guys enjoy. Um, and there's information about Nia in the description of this episode. Um, so go ahead and you can read about her and she's just fascinating and we hope you enjoy. Yeah. Have a great time listening. Well, we are delighted today to have AMI primary trainer Nia Seal with us. Nia directs courses in Nigeria and South Africa and is here to share some wisdom and knowledge about primary children since we get stuck talking about mm-hmm. elementary children all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome, Nia. We're thrilled Thank to have you. you. Thank we're you. So Happy ex- to be here. Yay. Yeah, we're so excited to expand our primary knowledge, you know, because we really do get stuck in elementary land. So, yeah, thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. Um, Happy to be here. So Nia, one thing we always do when we have guests on, um, we ask them about their Montessori story. Um, everybody has a unique path to Montessori. Um, so could you share yours with us? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm happy to. Um, interestingly enough, um, my story began, um, I, I, say, I always say with a question. Um, my, my, when my son was three years old, um, I was at... Um, an outdoor gathering like a, at a park. Um, and I met uh, Waduda Henderson, who some of you may know. Uh, may okay. she rest in peace. Um, and she was engaging with my son, as Waduda normally would, a child of, he was three years old. Um, 
And she came to me and said, uh, have you ever thought about Montessori? <laughs> and I said, well, what is Montessori? <laughs> and that question, uh, when I look back, that question uh, really opened up a whole world for me uh, because by asking, she kind of, and she actually didn't give me a long spiel. She just, she just invited me to come and observe uh, in uh, her classroom. And, and then um, I was just amazed and I had more questions. And so uh, she actually, they didn't have space in that school. Um, and it was a public school at the time and we weren't able to, he wasn't, my son wouldn't be able to go to that school, but she recommended another school for me to, um, to visit Marsh Montessori School. And um, I went to observe there and I was just amazed at all of these young, these three, four and five-year-olds just moving about their day. And uh, an adult was over in the corner somewhere sitting down and I was just amazed. And I said, this is, this is it. Um, but uh, I, I eventually um, started, uh, I became involved in the school as a parent volunteer, and then um, I, as my son was three years old, and when he started, and he had been home um, all of that time, just the two of us, and both of us had separation anxiety. So um, <laughs> he had a hard time adjusting, I had a hard time adjusting, and I think they were saying, Mrs. Marsh and the others, that you know maybe we should get her involved somehow or something, because, um, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, we're just having just a hard time. But I eventually became uh, just in volunteering and helping around the school. And and then um, she and uh, another teacher there, Lila Ross, uh, and Masunya Lokendo, who was um, uh, practice teaching at the time, they, at lunch one day, they said, have you ever thought about Montessori training? And I said, hmm, well, tell me more about that. And then I, I eventually... Um, I took the training in Ohio. Um, at the time, there was a training, a uh, summer training in Ohio, and I'm originally from Ohio. So it worked out really well that I could go in the summers and train. And uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, have Joan Bettman as my trainer. Uh, and, hmm, yes. And um, um, I, I'm just convinced that, uh, you know, her, the way, her, her love and, and passion uh, for children and for this work resonated with me on the training in a way that affected, in a, in a very profound way, how I approached my work with children, even though I started out and didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> the spirit of it, I think is something that kept me very grounded that I, and I, I really learned that from her in a very powerful way. Um, and and I, I think that's, that's what led me to, I think, even continue and, you know, to, to, to go on to be a trainer, I think was from that foundation that she laid. Wow. And wow. I want to say, let's just take a moment and really honor Joan and her work and her memory. She died about 10 days ago. Um, after a long, long and beautifully, gracefully handled illness. Um, and Indeed. she had that energy and that, you know, connection to the child and that deep abiding faith in children that it, it, it was, you know, it, it, it 
it was everywhere around her all the time. I didn't, I didn't train with her, but I can imagine that if you took your training with her, I mean, that, that just had to cloak you. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Through and through. So you trained and then you taught uh, in uh, the DC area, right? I did. Um, I was at Crossway for a brief period of time and at Aiden Montessori School for a term. Um, I was uh, actually, I'd never had, I was never, I never had my own classroom at Aiden. I was the school sub because they were, uh, they had, uh, teachers who had been there, who had been teaching since I was born, and that, that they had this <laughs> reputation for uh, having teachers that you know who uh, who had such longevity there. I was mm -hmm. great, um, but I was uh, I got a lot of experience there, just as um, you know, in the office and giving tours and you know sub sub subbing classrooms whenever you know, just about every week, you know. Um, but then I eventually moved on. The family moved to Virginia, and I I ended up. Um, working at a wonderful school in Virginia called Montessori School of Oakton. And I met Carolyn Link, who's the head of school there. And um, it, I just uh, could not have been more fortunate to have been in that space with those, those children and those families and that these other teachers and with Carolyn. Um, it was a wonderful, beautiful experience for um, I think seven years I was there, yeah. Before another question came, I actually, interestingly enough, I will say, I was at, uh, there was a summit in the fall of, I think, 2012. Yeah, yeah, I was the there, summit. yeah. And I attended the summit, and at that summit, I had two separate conversations with Joan and with Waduda, believe it or not. And they <laughs> both asked me if I thought about becoming a trainer. And I had never thought about it at that point. Hmm. And I said to Joan, I said, oh, gosh, I, I mean, I thought about maybe I do. That's something I might even think about maybe when I'm older or something. It's like, I can't even think <laughs> about that. And she was like, well, hello. <laughs> yeah, aren't you there? And I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's true. I am. You know, and um, and actually, Waduda made the connection with Janet and I. She introduced me to Janet and said, I think you all should talk. And wow. Then, uh, yeah, it was real interesting. And uh, I just just applied and just took it one step at a time. And I happened to be at a place where I could take the time and space to, to train. And that was really the only opening. When I look back, that opening is not would not be available now. And my daughter was finishing. She was at school with me. She was in uh, a student at Montessori School of Oakton, and she was at the end of her sixth year. So it worked out that we all moved and uh, to Maryland, and I was able to to start training to become a trainer with Janet McDonald and Jennifer Shields. Jennifer Shields. So that was. An and awesome now you're directing training. directing courses around the world, and 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 helping uh, bring more teachers to this, to this work. It's super, yeah. super amazing. Um, That's quite a journey. It seems like you had two people looking out for you the whole time. They were just carving the, the path for you. That's pretty yes, amazing. Yes. I, I think of it as Montessori finding me, you know, I didn't find mm -hmm. Montessori. It definitely found me. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. 
So let's talk a little bit about primary children, since Jamie and I mostly talk about, you know, the reasoning mind and group work and all those things that really aren't happening in primary as much. So I don't know, what would you, what are your top things to describe a primary child? Um, I would say um, primary children um, are absolutely amazing individuals. They're like a different species altogether. <laughs> um, you know, they really are. Uh, they're, um, although they have a small body, you know, they're kind of like some people think of them as miniature adults. They don't have the type of mind, you know, that an adult has. Um, you know, they are, uh, they have what we call an absorbent mind where they, they're able to take in without any effort, without any work, without any struggle. They take in their environment and its totality in a way that adults no longer can do. You know, they, mm -hmm. they take in, you know, the good and the bad, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the, the subtle, you know, the, the profound, they take in everything. They take in all the little nuances and, you know, the, you know, the um, very, you know, uh, the, the obvious, you know, as well as the subtle, you know, uh, without any effort. And so, and they're doing this in an effort to develop themselves. They are right now laying the foundation for who they are, who are they going to become. And, and so, you know, in a sense, you know, the expression, the future is now <laughs> with the <laughs> primary child, that's definitely the case. The future is now mm -hmm. and it has lots of implications for us as adults. And that's something that um, we are, that we continue to, to study and, and to think about because we're in our adult mind, it, we have, we don't really think about, um, um, about you know life from the perspective of a, of a child of a three you know a six-year-old child but that's definitely our work is to be able to understand uh, children in this plane of development and so that we can support them to develop to you know their, their absolute full, full, fullest potential um, yeah but, well um, and it does I mean it lays the foundation for the child all the way through to adulthood, but it's so mm -hmm. critical to our work as elementary practitioners, the, the child's experience mm. under the age of six. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we value all that hard work. Oh, yeah. Adults. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Um, you know, and, and the other, another thing that's different, the other thing that, uh, and that I love is that they are in the present moment. Mm -hmm. They live in the present moment, and you know, as adults, you know, you know, we take mindfulness classes, you know, to to learn how to be <laughs> right. in the present moment, right? It's a discipline that we have to develop. Um, but they are just in the here and now, mm -hmm. and and so that's a gift in in so many respects, particularly in these times, actually, you know. But um, they are. Um, and that's a part of their, their uh, ability, part of the, it's by design, and it's part of their, um, 
uh, ability to take in everything is that, you know, they have to be in the present moment in order to really be, to be able to do that, you know. Um, and, but it's some, it has implications for us, you know, as, as adults and parents, as you know, teachers, guides, parents, to understand that because we, we keep thinking that, oh, you know, children should, should um, operate in a way that, you know, perhaps, oh, you know, uh, you know, in terms of thinking of the future or the past, they're not able to do that. And so, um, you know, I think it's important for us to under to to. I mean, I think it's great that in taking this training that I learned so much about um, children in this plan of development. But it's something that, as a society, we we all need to uh, to learn and to understand. You know, right? Because yeah. it's you know, at that age, you can't. I mean, we, if you ask a child why they did something, they, they, right. Don't, right. <laughs> they don't know. Right. They right. weren't, because they're living in the moment. It's not like right. they had a master plan. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> they weren't thinking through the consequences. No, absolutely not. Right. Exactly. And that's something that I think, you know, kind of switching over to parents, thinking about parents, you know, we have, you know, we work with parents. Um, consistently, you know, in terms of just helping them to understand what we do and understand their, you know, they, they know of their children, of course, uh, but to understand uh, ways to support their development. Um, and, you know, the idea of um, this, um, you know, being, uh, they're not understanding, they may not necessarily understand the best way to support, to, you know, support their children. They love them. They want what's best for them, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a time, I think, right now, particularly now that parents are um, home with children and uh, they are now just not only the primary their care, you know, caregivers, they are, they are with them all day and so what happens? Are we, are they becoming their teachers as well, right? And so how does that work, right? Um, but for, for this first plain child, it's important, you know, to, I think it's important to support parents. The way to support children in this plan of development is to support parents and to help. This is an opportunity, actually, to help parents understand uh, their children in a way that perhaps they did not before, to, uh, an opportunity to go deeper uh, with parents and to take our partnership with parents to another level. Mm-hmm. So jumping into us all being at home right now, you know, like what what specific tips, you know, I completely agree with you that supporting the parent is number one right now because they're the ones pretty much running the show at home. Um, so, you know, do you have any tips for parents that might have, um, either one or a couple primary age children at this time? Well, first, you know, as I was saying, first and foremost, I think, uh, helping them to understand, uh, what their children, who their children are and what they need from the perspective of, uh, where they are developmentally. Right. Um, and so what, they, although, you know, they're not, you know, quote unquote in school, they don't, what they don't need are worksheets. Right, right, <laughs> they right. They don't need to um, kind of uh, 
do at home exactly what they were doing in schools, right? So, and so I think it's important for them to understand that, um, that they're not, this is, you know, not a, this is, that's not necessarily, that's not the purpose of this time. It's really about um, supporting the, what we call, um, you know, and helping them to understand that, you know, education is not a, you know, Montessori is not a curriculum. It's an aid to life, right? So mm -hmm. how is it that you can, in the context of your home and your living, support children, support these children in particular? And, you know, one of the uh, most things that kind of jumps out, you know, first and foremost with me is the sense of order, right? Is understanding their need for order and, uh, it, making sure that uh, to the degree that you can, that you have, for example, uh, if you maintain a regular schedule, that mm -hmm. the, the child's sense of order has been disrupted, right? Because they're used to going to school every day and coming home and that routine. And so it's important to say, okay, establish this new routine and establish that, right? Now, one of the wonderful things about this, this child and this plan of development is that they love, they do, although they love going to school, they, you know, they're being home with parents is something that they actually love being with their parents. Right. 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 They're not, they're not necessarily <laughs> at the elementary age where they're moving to the place of saying, Oh my gosh, I have to be in here with them. Oh my gosh. No, they, they love being with you. So it's really, there's a lot of onus on parents right now because, but it's, but there's an, it's an opportunity to um, live their life fully with children, right. To uh, kind of, it kind of lean into this, right? Expand, mm -hmm. and for mm -hmm. us to to help and give parents some some tools and some ideas of ways that they can do that. Like if they're worried about reading, writing, arithmetic, okay, let's look at ways that you can support your children right in your own home, right? You know, when you look at the practical life, you know, uh, exercises. The practical life exercises are essentially ways that we. <laughs> We take everyday life experiences, right, that the children are have and are used to, and we, we use them for other purposes. But mm -hmm. we have washing and clean ironing and food preparation and sewing and all sorts of things that you can that you can do that have to do with, uh, you know, this what we call these practical life experiences that um, that. The parents, if you know, can understand that this is this is this is helping their child to develop. Right? They need to move. They need to be able to um, perform certain activities in order to continue to develop. And so, this is really helping. And so, uh, I think the degree to that that they can understand that, I think that um, that will serve, you know, children uh, particularly in this time. And then, um, I mean, there's. And lots of things. I mean, I think about, um, you know, communication and language and mm -hmm. how important it is right now for this child in this plane of development that this child that is, um, you know, adapting to their culture, right, to their world, to their time and place. And, and they benefit from and, and, and actually just are craving you know, communication and learning more about uh, 
you know, the nuances of our, of, and, and observe, absorbing how we communicate. And, and they have, they, and we know they, they, they are communicating incessantly all the time. And so, mm -hmm. but there's an opportunity for us to, uh, to really expand what it is that they already have come to know, right? We can look at, think about, thinking about how we communicate. We're at home, we're, you know, comfortable, casual, kind of somewhat maybe, but let's talk about the importance of diction and speaking clearly and speaking, you know, rich, using rich vocabulary. Yes, and, and this is a way that you can really support your child's learning and development. When you, um, you know, when you just, just, just think about the kitchen, you know, children, anything related to food. <laughs> right. You've got them, right? Yeah. They will help. I mean, you can have a whole, what you might think of, parent might think of, of a, as a curriculum, just in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but it's about helping them develop this awareness. Now, you know, that's tricky because some parents are at home and they're working as well. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's tricky, but this is, this is a situation and, but I really see it as an opportunity. It really is, isn't it? You know, we yeah. know how important a language rich environment is for children mm -hmm. under the age of six. And we know that, that children need lots of exposure with that vocabulary development. And so, you know, this time, while stressful in some ways when we're home, for parents can be that chance to talk to your child more than you usually get to do on an average day and talk to right. each other around your child, right? So it's, you can, because it's good for them to witness adult conversations. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, all of that. And for, for children of this age, like that's important academic development, right, Nia? Like Absolutely. Absolutely. This, you know, they are, you know, for like when we think about children learning to read and to write, right, in order to read, right, in well, before reading, with, in order to write, you have to have something to say, right? So how do you have something to say? What we, you know, this idea of what we call spoken language is communication, right, is, you know, a language-rich environment sets the stage for the child to be able to have something to say when they write, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, and then, you know, that, that's another, and then that continues and, and develops into their ability to read, right? To be able to interpret somebody else's thoughts, right? So you're having a conversation. I'm listening to you. I'm doing active listening. I'm showing you that I'm hearing you, right? So I'm, understanding what you're saying and all of that all of that is is that, that foundation is laid just by uh you know really having a, a rich language uh environment at home you know um nia if yeah. children as they're developing their language if they say a word incorrectly or or have you know the words out of order and what they say um we shouldn't do direct correction of that, right? What, what are some ways that we can help children without mm -hmm. making them feel like, because we don't want them to not talk. We don't want them right, to feel like they're right, being picked apart. Right. What are some things parents can do to help reinforce the, the 
some of the correct language without, you know, without making the children mm -hmm. feel attacked. Yeah, they uh, can uh, absolutely do what we call um, kind of modeling. Um, we would model by what we say, uh, the, the, the correct, if you will, way to speak. So first of all, we speak in the way we speak, you know, grammatically correct sentences and things like that. And then if the child, you know, might say, oh, um, um, I slept for a long time last night. And I was like, oh, you, you did sleep for a long time last night. You slept a long time. So you, you can, you're not correcting by saying no, you have to say, this is how we say it. You just respond that in one way, you're saying, I heard you, right? By, by acknowledging it and, and then you're, but then what you do is you can say it in a way that you, you model, um, you're the model for speaking in a way that, um, you know, grammatically correct sentences. And then the thing is, is that in this, in this way, you know, it takes a little bit longer, right? So it's not, you know, something that the child may pick up on right away, you know, but they will, in the same way that they've learned to speak, they will just through, and also they're absorbing, they're in the absorbent mind, um, they're absorbing the way that you speak, and they eventually, um, you know, they will, they will get it. And the other thing is that, you know, we, want to avoid it all possible, all at all, if at all possible, correcting, you know, I mean, it is possible, just avoid correcting. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, but this is again, for, you know, there's so many little uh, kind of ways that we can, we need to connect with parents to help them to understand that, right? Mm -hmm. Right, because yeah. as cute as some of the things they say are, um, we do want to help their language develop. So we don't mm -hmm. need to like reinforce those. So like I remember with my older daughter when she, she her word for dog was guh. She'd see a guh. And we would say, oh yeah, you see a dog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a dog. We wouldn't right. point out like, oh, there's a guh over there, right? right, we, right. Would, right. we would use, we would acknowledge that she was using a word as a communication tool and, and, but then also keep saying it, you know, the way the rest of the world would understand exactly. it. Exactly. Until right. she right. finally, you know, she's 19 now. She doesn't say guh anymore, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> she well, that's did good. learn. <laughs> right. Right. She they will learn. Happen. And that makes me think too, with the practical life you were talking about, like that's such an opportunity at home right now. Yeah, it takes a lot longer, but children love to, to do that work with, with mm -hmm. parents or have their work to do alongside. Yep. And, Absolutely. and while they're eager and excited, as opposed to, you know, the kids that go off to college now having never done their own laundry or washed their own dishes. Mm -hmm. and, um, when you start when they're three or four, not only right. is it important for their development, but it also has really practical consequences. Like they can, <laughs> they can be more independent as adults. Independent. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. This is the time to take advantage of that. Cause there's going to come a time when they're not going to want to do any of it. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Right? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, a, that's really those are some valuable tips for parents right now. Yeah, I think um, just to just to touch on that a little bit more, I think 
parents or a society kind of uh, practical life isn't seen as real work uh, in my experience, right? It's like, oh, we have to do the mm -hmm. academics, mm -hmm. we have to do the writing work, mm -hmm. we have to blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But you got what you were saying, you know, those skills, those life skills, cleaning, washing, the, you know, anything, you name it from that section of the classroom, that is so much, that's so valuable. And right. that is absolutely. Real. And you're absolutely. Right, you know, I just find that it's sort of, um, you know, forgotten about or discounted. Like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I've heard like, oh, my child, like they folded some clothes today, but like, are they even learning anything? It's like, yes, they definitely are, you know? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then there's other things. Like, for example, we think about what we know, what we call the sensorial area, really, right? Which are, you know, it's essentially, you know, exercises that, uh, our representations of the natural world, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So um, let's, you know, you're at home, let's delve into this. Let's, let's, let's look at, you know, again, in the kitchen, have groceries that you've, you have, you know, maybe fruits and vegetables, and you notice, oh, hmm, I can, hmm, I can smell. I can smell the scent of this orange, even though we haven't opened it. Or, you know, just noticing the textures and really taking in. The children at this age are sensorial learners. They're taking in everything. And there's so many opportunities to um, have, the, you know, to just expose the child and kind of heighten awareness and, and, and let them explore, really. Because a lot of times we're you know, they're really doing it on their own, but we might say, oh, we've got to put these groceries away. We've got to go and get on with this. And, um, but there's, there's ways to, um, to support everything that we do, really, um, in some way at home, you know, counting, mm -hmm. right? Oh, gosh, today we, we bought these home. We had 13 oranges. Yeah. Hmm. Today, how many are there today? Oh, only eight. Depending on the child, right? There we go. There's yeah. addition, there's subtraction. Oh, we've got 10 pieces of chicken on this platter. Oh, there's four of us. Hmm. How many can each of us have? Will there be any left over? You know, I mean, yeah. Right? And, but have fun with them, play games. And, and, you know, what we don't, you know, we forget so many of the exercises that we have, they're games, right? Mm -hmm. a game the stamp game is a game right <laughs> yeah <laughs> games sensorial extent you know they're a game right so play with them have fun with them enjoy this time this is this is a precious and we're going to look back on this time mm -hmm. and uh really i think to see um how precious uh this time has been i mean it's been a lot of things right but yes. it's also you know, I really try to look at this as and uh, and as positive a way as possible. And I, when I look at it, you know, from a certain lens, it's like this is actually a great opportunity to to be with your family. I mean, I'm loving my two older daughters are here with us, and I just feel so complete when my children are here. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so. You know, it's it can be a wonderful bonding time, and a, you know, let's just think about. I think 
for us as educators, think about ways to continue this, you know, this partnership. But you know, there's been a shift in our relationship, right, with parents and, um, you know, educators. But think about it. I think it's an opportunity. We have a captive audience now. I think a lot of parents are a lot mm-hmm. more appreciative of what we do. I think they are open yes. to kind of understand a little bit and we've got they have a context actually. Yeah. For what we've been sharing. In the past, they really haven't had much of a context because context where they haven't been in the environment, they don't really get it. Mm-hmm. But you know, for us, you know, for anything that we do, what we offer to children, we give them some kind of context first before, right? We 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 um you know, we just don't do anything that's abstract right we, we give them a context for what it is that we want to offer and so they have a context now I think right no way right. that we can yeah yeah so maintaining that relationship with the parents and giving them some of these t- tips and tools um, is is super helpful as teachers right now helping mm-hmm. helping parents um, but as far as like you know the academic losses that that people are worried about there's a lot of ways we can just integrate some of that into our daily lives at home right like counting the oranges right (laughs) yeah (laughs) there you go and all that practical life work because it is um you know that you have to start at a certain point and you have to take logical steps to get to the ending point of whatever activity you're doing folding the laundry washing the dishes that's all like logical sequencing that the children are learning which is essential for their math development as well right so precisely we that is like a really clear way for them to understand how to logically accomplish something which translates directly to their math work so Mm -hmm. so it will benefit them all that work around the house (laughs) it will it will it lays a foundation for them in a way that parents may not understand because when we learn math when we learn math traditionally we learn it you know in a very um, abstract way right Mm -hmm. but this all of all of uh, you know what you described and, and more you know that lays the foundation for them to really have a context again for uh, sets the idea of sets in math. I remember you know that's one of, you know a lot of times in these chapters in math. The first they always talk about this this unit on sets, and I that was something I never really believe it or not. It was just I didn't really get. I was like, why is this? What is this for? Why are we doing? But it's like, you know, when you look at life, right, and you look at, you think about this idea of sets and how it presents itself in many ways. It helps when they have a context for it, they can appreciate it, you know, mm-hmm. fractions, all of that is laying the foundation for work that's going to come, you know, and, um, and then just being grounded as an individual, right, being grounded as a child, as, as in their world is the best gift that parents can give them, you know, and, uh, you know, exposing them to as much as possible of their world, you know, with them, you know, as you go out for walks, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a different walk than you may have, you know, had before. There's an uh, opportunities all along the way, right? To, to do, uh, you know, to, to look at, you know, kind of science related things, if you will, you know, and, um, you know, all sorts of things in nature, uh, again, you know, that, um, that we can appreciate and take advantage of as children. And this is a, I, 
see a lot more families walking Outside. in front of my house. Oh, than yeah, I yeah. It reminds me of how it was years ago yeah. when I was growing up. When, when you when come people home, were and out. children are playing yeah. out home, riding yeah. lights. I'm like, this is like it was back in the <laughs> right. So, it's like back it's in the, the best. <laughs> and you know, there was this three year old boy sat out in our front yard earlier today uh, and played with sticks. Right. Aww. And and his sweet mom uh, waited, even though he was yes. in somebody else's yard and <laughs> she probably wanted to get a little exercise, you know, right. or whatever. But like just waited and watched. And I think that's right. you know, that's the I I remember that feeling of impatience as a parent when mm-hmm. I but I just highly encourage parents to to be patient, let them stop and play with some sticks or, or look at the ant or whatever they're going to do because, because it was delightful to watch. I just stood and watched out my window. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah, I think any of those real experiences, just like you're, you're talking about, especially, and I think it's, it's a great, great thing to just go on walks, go outside, observe, touch the grass. Yeah. You know, if it's raining, go mm-hmm. dump in a puddle. I don't know. Right, right, right. And then, um, and then, yeah, and explore you mm-hmm. know, and wonder with them, right? So, you know, we've got, especially in some of these, you know, I mean, you go out for a walk and you might see, you know, we see birds. They're so, it's just, they're prolific, you know, in this area. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder, I wonder what kind of bird that is, right? If you know, then maybe, oh, it's a red-headed woodpecker. Can you hear it, you know? Right. Or just, you know, use there's apps now, there's Google. You can just, you know, research and learn a little bit about the birds. Right. In your area. And say, oh, I wonder, let's let's take a picture of that. Maybe we can go back and find out what's, what that is and learn a little about it, read a little about it. Right. Right. So there's there's so much that we can that we can take advantage of now. And, that, and now, you know. And I'm sure these are some things that, you know, we may have shared with parents that they could do. But, you know, now we have such a gift of time right now that uh, I think this is this is a time where they maybe have more time also, you know, to be able to, to explore. Yeah. And Nia, I love how you're sort of switching the the narrative to what a gift this time is rather than mm-hmm. this is so stressful. Because Absolutely. I think all of us are feeling that too right now, but sort of switching mm-hmm. that narrative in your mind and with your children, or if you're, if you're teaching right now, what can we do with this time? That's such a Absolutely. great way to look at it, you know? Thank you. Absolutely. And the other thing is that, you know, these children are absorbing everything and they're absorbing the stress, right? Yes. So yeah. we have to be mindful of that, right? They're, they're absorbing that as well, right? And so we, you know, the responsibility on, uh, you know, is on us even greater, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the more we understand, and I think the more parents, you know, and caregivers, or caregivers understand that, um, that, you know, the importance of and the totality of, you know, the way that the children are, are you know, taking in this, our environment, our environment is, is all of it, right? It's the physical, it's, the, you know, it's that spoken and unspoken, right? It's the feeling, mm-hmm. and all of that. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's important to, to keep, uh, yeah, 
but keep that in mind. Right. Try Mm -hmm. to keep ourselves calm for the children. Try to help, you know, they're, they're going to follow our lead on this. So, um, and especially children under the age of six don't really understand. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they don't recognize the passage of time in the same way either. So it can no. be three days or it can be a month and they don't quite have that yeah. awareness. So even though the rest of us are getting a little tired of this, um, yeah, they're just, just right. living. Right. <laughs> Every day is a new day. Every day is a new day. <laughs> like, okay. They're waking up. Okay. I'm ready for a day. <laughs> you know, that's right. Yeah, that's okay. right. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Well, Nia, thank you so much for taking oh. some time and sharing some wisdom with us. Mm-hmm. And, um, we're excited for all the work. Although I assume you're not you're not traveling for your courses right now. Right, right. I am not traveling. <laughs> I, I am learning to offer these courses online. That's what. Oh I'll be wow. Doing. Mm. Yeah. Well, Which, at least the course in Legos. Right now, we've decided mm. that we're going to do it online. We haven't made a decision yet on uh, South Africa. We were mm. hoping that we could travel in September, but yeah, I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. No. And we it's don't know. so exciting that um, Montessori training is getting to to all these places. These are mm-hmm. the first it courses, is. right? The first courses yes. in both those countries. It's amazing. Yes. yes, first courses. Very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, work. well, thank you Very so rewarding. much for your hard work on that. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for for this time. I enjoyed the conversation. Well, Us it was too. great seeing you. Mm-hmm. Great. All right.